Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Happy to be back with another episode of the Canadians Connection Podcast. We've reached 27 episodes, so you know what that means. It's the Alex Kovalev episode of the Canadians Connection Podcast, and I am so thrilled to be joined once again by the Alex Kovalev to my Marius Tchaikovsky, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm going great. <laughs> when I think of 27, I think of, of well, of course, the big M, Frank Mahovlich, but also yeah. Shane Corson. Shane Corson, tough yeah. as nails, clutch. Um, there was Galchenyuk in there, too, but he was kind of at yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking of, of uh, Frank Mahovlich's as, being the the guy that I would dedicate this episode to, but you know the the Leafs part of his career early on, I wasn't sure how some Habs fans <laughs> feel about that. But he had some great seasons for the Canadians as well, so no disrespect intended. But uh, I, I went with well, Alex Kovalev, who uh, I don't know how Habs fans feel after that Ottawa Senators uh, stint. I'm, I'm not sure how how he uh, he holds up in Montreal Canadiens fans' eyes. But uh, anyways, go with Alex Kovalev this week. <laughs> Well, I'm just happy to to join you and um, um, uh, on the road again uh, with uh, uh, trying. I was going to say following the rocket. I, I, I'll modify that to trying to follow the rocket. Um, <laughs> couldn't get into Utica last night for their game against the Comets, and Utica, as many people know, is one of my favorite spots to watch a game. Terrific arena, great atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Uh, but rain, uh, freezing rain, snow, uh, high, extreme high winds. It was just uh, everything was a mess. Highways were a mess. Everything's awful. Same going into Springfield today. So I'm just uh, sitting at the s- side of an interstate in a phone booth uh, ready to have the podcast with you today, Joe. Wow. So, I mean, this is like the, yeah. uh, where in the world is Rick Stevens? And then we just, <laughs> exactly, we just all exactly. of it right there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh yeah, this is gonna be an interesting episode then for you and uh and it just says uh in a phone booth or wherever that was. But uh anyways, I guess we'll dive in with uh some Montreal Canadians uh a, a little bit of a recap given that where you are, where you're situated and you're trying to follow the Val Rockets. So we'll dive in and get this on um, get this started. Um so the Montreal Canadians last week, uh Two nothing loss at the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks on home ice. Corey Crawford with just a phenomenal performance. Uh, he always seems to uh, save some of his best efforts for uh, the Bell Center crowd in Montreal. Uh, but then they go out on the road. They handle their business in Philadelphia with a 3-1 win. Uh, Brendan Gallagher picking up the first goal of the game. That one felt like it was a huge goal to really get Montreal after uh, Brett Kulak had hit the post. Gallagher there. Uh, bangs in the rebound and, and that one it, it felt like at that point the Montreal Canadiens you could see a sigh of relief uh, for them and then uh, when they uh, a week after they played the New York Islanders and uh, they lost two to one in Long Island they go back and they play the Islanders a week later in Montreal 
and Carey Price picked up his fourth shutout of the season in a 4 nothing win, which was uh, quite possibly uh, the best all-around performance for the Montreal Canadiens this season. I mean, it was certainly at a, at a very crucial time for them, so there, there was that element of it as well. And, and really what's, what's led, what led them to that point, obviously Carey Price, but the play of some unheralded players, and that's the subject of this show today. And we're, and that we're making that our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week. Uh, who is an unheralded player who solidly contributed to the Habs playoff run? Uh, or if you want to look at the season, um, we're glad to, to hear your responses uh, to that too. But we're, we're specifically looking at this, this uh, playoff run. And, and you know, um, you mentioned the Chicago game. It's, it's a game that um, – uh, and nothing seemed to be going particularly right. Um, there was, uh, we fans were questioning uh, decision, the coach's decision making. Um, and Yemi, uh, under eight minutes in that game, um, yeah. and and after that game, there was just a feeling, I think, uh, of the season being over, and uh, the the chances of the making the playoffs were down uh, under twenty percent. Um, and then it was against Philadelphia where, where the, the veterans, the, the, the team leaders uh, took charge. And it was Carey Price. Um, it, was, it was Brendan Gallagher. It was Shea Weber. Um, and then you moved to, as you said, to the Islanders game. And it was those players who um, are in the bottom six. Uh, the, yeah. you know, three out of the four goals on that night were scored by bottom six players. And, and so that's kind of led us to this this question of the week. Um, and uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, uh, hit us up on, on social media. Uh, you know where to find us there, either on Facebook or on, on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, you're welcome to call us. Uh, you know, this is a live show. Every Saturday at one, we're on the air live. Uh, no matter where we are in the world, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's live. And you can call us. You can call us at 213-943-3754. That's 213-943-3754. And if you're listening to us on demand, which so many people do with the convenience of our podcast, uh, where our, our, our podcast platform, uh, where uh, we're found on your favorite podcast platform, you can text us. Uh, and the text number is 5853-ROCKET, 585 that we received <laughs> this week, uh, a little later in the show. Um, but yes, tell us who your unheralded player um has been this season or um uh, can be for the uh, remainder of the regular season yeah we want to hear from you as always we love to hear from our listeners and as rick mentioned we're going to get to a text and we have a lot of answers pouring into that question of the week uh so we will get to that but before we get there and uh i guess on the opposite end of the spectrum uh, we go from unheralded players to the nhlpa poll that you know votes on you know, the best players around the league and all sorts of different things like that. And the Montreal Canadiens had a couple of winners. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the Bell Center, which uh, took home the award for best ice and the second best atmosphere only behind Vegas. So uh, the Bell Center picking up a, a, a win there and, and very close to a, another one. And then uh, I'll just mention as well, uh, Tomas Tatar picking up the best nickname award for, uh, for Tuna, which uh, 
I, I suppose that is uh, that is probably one of the uh, the better nicknames, and and justifiably with the with the uh, with his peers saying so, and uh, that's that's one that I'm sure he'll be proud to take home. <laughs> and an interesting poll category that that they felt the NHLPA felt <laughs> important enough to uh, get that in. Uh, but Bell Center, great on on the Bell Center staff, and yeah. um, you know if if um, if uh, not only for the entertainment value, which we we've we've known um, for some time that it's a great place to see a game, but also for having the best ice because when you have a fast team, you want great ice, um, yeah. and uh, good on them for making that a priority. Absolutely, I mean, for, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, you you want to have that. If you if you're making speed the point at which you want the advantage, the ice that's got to be priority number one, and and certainly a, a, a great level of uh, that is a, a nod to the to the people that make that possible. So uh, certainly a, a nice um, a nice uh, feather in their cap, uh, I'll say. So uh, Rick, we also had another winner, and this one not very surprising. Well, it was Carey Price, and uh, yeah. again I remember the. Uh, at that poll we talked about a couple weeks ago where they polled 200 uh, NHL players, asked them who they would want uh, um, in, in the crease for a game seven. And the vast majority picked Carey Price in that, that athletic poll. Um, but this time it was 500 of the NHL uh, PA players. And they, they asked the question, who's the best goaltender this season um, for 18-19? And uh, in a landslide, it was Carey Price. Um, and and it's it's funny, um, you know. We, we posted it, uh, told the story, reported the story, and and on Facebook we had, we had a little bit of pushback um, from a small minority of of, of uh, fans. And um, you know, there's there's some for whatever reason. There's some fans that just don't like Carey Price, and so you're going to hear that. Uh, you're going to hear that yeah. pushback. But there's kind of the the uh, there was a group that was kind of the the amateur stats guys. You know, the the it was the first day at stats, and so they pull out the uh, the goals against average and the save percentage. And he said, "Well, um, looking at um, the goals against and save percentage, Carey Price is 12th in this category, eighth in this category, and I don't think that you know, except." <laughs> Except, except, um, and that brings me just to you know we try to pass on some, some, uh, some new information and and one of the things that um, when comparing goaltenders, uh, I like to use and we've talked about it before is the goalie point share and it's, it's a it's a, a statistic that was developed um, to talk about the number of points uh, contributed by the goaltending. Um, and uh, really, uh, a more valuable stat than 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 um, than than the more simplistic ones. Uh, if you look at that goalie point share, two guys at the top of the list, uh, Andre Vasilevsky and Carey Price, uh, both around yeah. twelve points. That that without them, their teams would be twelve points uh, in arrears uh, to where they are now. Now, if you take 12 points away from Tampa Bay, it's, it's, not, it's not a big catastrophe. <laughs> um, if you take a 12 points away from the Canadians, um, that puts them in, in the Edmonton-Buffalo uh, Sabres range. 
definitely yeah. out of the playoffs. So, uh, okay, th- that's interesting. And it, it kind of, you know, there's some people, there's some kind of uh, uh, rumblings about Carey Price now being included in the Vesna discussions because of, of these kinds of, of this kind of recognition and because of these more advanced stats. Um, But there's another one I want to point out. And, and um, if you've ever watched an MSG broadcast, Steve Valakat is one of the best analysts. Um, He wasn't a great goaltender. (laughs) He played for, I don't know, maybe 50 games in the NHL. I don't know. Uh, but he's an analyst for the Rangers. And for a while now, for a, a couple of years, I've been uh, just fascinated the way he and his associates, and now he has a, a company called Clearsight Analytics, uh, break down the game. And, and, and they spend an enormous amount of time breaking down the game. Um, he talks about um, uh, quality shots and, and how a, a, a shot a shot isn't a shot. Where, whereas you know, a a, um, a, a goals against um, average and, and save percentage um, on the NHL site, there, you know, a shot, a dump in is the same as uh, you know a Shea Weber blast kind of thing. Uh, if the goalie yeah. makes a save, um, and we've talked about high danger scoring chances, and that's basically the the home plate concept, right, in front of mm-hmm. in front of the net. Uh, which is great, which is, which is a very important um, metric. However, Steve Valakat goes one uh, step, well, further, uh, and he tries to assign a quality value to every shot. So he evaluates how and where a shot is taken from. He evaluates the game situation and he evaluates the game strength. Um, so the how is kind of... Um, you're going to have a higher probability of of uh, getting a goal if you've received a pass before you take that shot rather than if you're you know you just you're there and you take the shot um makes sense right um game situation odd man rushes you're going to have a higher probability Uh, a shot off an odd man rush is going to have a higher probability of scoring than one that's not or, or one that comes in a zone entry, or one that comes directly from a face-off. Uh, the game, game strength's easy. That's just a power play shot has a higher probability than a, than a, a, a regular uh, even strength shot. Um, yeah. So they've, they've done this, and for the past three or four years, they have, they have evaluated and assigned a quality value to every shot taken, studying the film. It's incredible work, incredible work. Yeah. And what they come up with is, is uh, a metric called expected goals. Am I getting too deep for you here? No, um, I'm right there with they, you. <laughs> they've tracked 250,000 shots on goal, and, um, and, and they've assigned a quality value. So by doing this, you can, um, you can look at expected goals, and the reverse is true, too. You can look at expected saves. Mm. So um, when you look at, uh, and it's a fascinating stat. So um, compared to the normal um, uh, average goaltender, there are two goaltenders in the NHL who have given up 31 fewer goals this season than average. And that's the top. That's the top of the league. 
They're tied. Oh. 31 fewer goals than, than a typical goaltender. Andre Vasilevsky with the Bolts. Carey Price. Again, confirming that the, the, uh, the point sharing. So yeah. if you look at the Canadians, it, again, if you look at the Lightning, um, they have 198 goals against. If you add 31 to that total, uh, 229, their differential goes from plus 100 to plus 69. Uh, not a big deal. Um, <laughs> that differential, even if that, that was true, that differential would still lead the league. Yeah. For the Canadians, if you add, if you add 31 goals to their total, their differential goes from a plus six to a minus 25. And who's that minus 25? Buffalo and Edmonton. <laughs> approximately, approximately, approximately. Yeah. Um, and so it shows the, and, and, and certainly Carey Price has had a heavier workload than Vasilevsky, but, and, and I'm not saying Vas- Vasilevsky doesn't belong in the Vesna uh, conversation, but Carey Price does too, when you're looking at these, these more advanced stats. And, uh, and when you do that, you understand these polls, uh, particularly by, by his peers, the players who say yeah. Carey Price is his, best goalie to face and I wouldn't want to face him in the playoffs. Yeah. And these, I mean, and that's why you hear at the NHL awards, you're talking about the Ted Lindsay award and the heart trophy. And a lot of players, I mean, I know that the heart trophy is very obviously it's incredibly important, but you look at the Ted Lindsay award and people often will say that that one is a little bit more indicative of, of what is actually going on because you're, you're talking about players acknowledging other players. You know, this is Alex Ovechkin taking a one-timer and Carey Price sliding over with a blocker, and then Alex Ovechkin giving him a hand. You know, it's that kind of thing, where this is the very best, the very best players in the world saying that Carey Price is the best goalie on planet, in the NHL, and, and by extension, in the world. So, you know, I, I think that that, you know, you obviously, you mentioned Andre Vasilevsky. There's a lot of other guys who, uh, who deserve to be in that conversation. But Carey Price, for a guy that doesn't seem to get a whole lot of respect from the market that he plays, that's a guy that, you, as you mentioned, to, have, to not have 12 points right now for the Montreal Canadiens, they would not be in this position. We're going to talk about the playoff race. We wouldn't be having that conversation if Carey Price wasn't Carey Price. If Carey Price wasn't here, then the Montreal Canadiens would just be in complete disarray. So, I think a well-deserved honor for Carey Price right there. Uh, so, with all that said, and also I just want to throw in, you catch Brad Marchand winning best and worst trash talker in the league. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, I think that's a little bit. He'll, he'll to take himself, that as a badge maybe. of honor. Yeah, he argues yeah. with himself. <laughs> he'll take that as a badge of honor, I'm sure. But uh, anyways, uh We'll get into uh, we got we're gonna split up the winners and losers. We're gonna start with the losers, and we're gonna get to the winners a little bit later on. I know that you've got four losers, so we'll start in just a second. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So did you Listen, go it was this week? it was it was a uh, it was a good week for the Canadians, uh, despite that. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, the way it started uh, last Saturday um, and uh, kind of fans being at rock bottom, but then two big victories. And uh, so it's a little tough to, uh, to choose uh, loser of the week. 
and some people had more difficulty with it than others. I, I understand on the show. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is true. <laughs> um, but, but um, I, I'm going to, I'm going to look at Phil Deneau and, and Phil Deneau has been talked about as a, as a shutdown center as, as uh, he's been playing, um, um, you know, up the lineup in the, in the, the top six uh, all, all season long. Uh, has had yeah. great line mates, uh, but he's been expected uh, to play a shutdown role. And for the most part, for the most part, he's, he's, he's done his best um, uh, at that, but it's, I think it's still, he's still being groomed. And, and, you know, as we've noted uh, in past shows, his, his goals against per 60 is not that good. Um, and, uh, but he's, 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 uh, he was kind of molding into that role as a, as a shutdown center. Um, and then the trade deadline arrived uh, and um, uh, Sultano's performance has changed dramatically. If you, if you study it um, now, uh, one Nate Thompson came in and, and we're going to be talking about Nate uh, a little bit later. Um, and, and explain his contributions in more detail. But uh, he's been relied on by Claude Julien with respect to face-offs and penalty kill. Um, the thing is, that used to be Phil Deneau's job. Um, but right now, Thompson is doing it much better. Um, and you see Thompson taking the defensive zone starts uh, by far is getting the most uh, defensive zone starts. Um, the, the defensive zone face-offs um, and Deneau's role has changed. Um, and, and uh, Claude Julien always used to say that, that Phil Deneau never played the power play, even though he's part of, you know, he had that chemistry with the, assuming he has that chemistry with, uh, with his line mates from five on five, uh, he never played the power play because, um, that when, when Deneau plays too many minutes, his performance suffers is what Claude Julian said. Uh, so he, he kept him off the power play. Now, since Nate Thompson's arrival, Deneau has, has, uh, moved to the power play. Now, the thing with that is that in 260 career games, we're still waiting for a power play goal from, from Phil Deneau. Phil Deneau has zero, zero power play goals in 260 career games. And uh, if you're saying, well, you know, his game is more of a, a, a playmaker setup role, he only has six power play um, assists in his entire career. Um, the other part of it is, oddly, um, his defensive game has really suffered as uh, since since Thompson's uh, come in. Um, the the high danger scoring chances um, have ballooned to fourteen point six per sixty. That's the worst on the team. His goals against uh, is at four point two per sixty since Thompson arrived. Uh, that's bad. And then. You know, with him being moved to the power play, you'd think that would be, okay, he's, he, he can't score, he doesn't get many assists, but he must be there to take face-offs, right? Because uh, he's, he's one, uh, decent at, at face-offs, except 
since Jordan Wheel was moved to uh, the power play, Jordan Wheel's taking most of the power play faceoffs. So Deneau is kind of um, his roles being limited there as well. Um, so uh, oddly, uh, the trade deadline with Thompson and Wheel coming in has really negatively affected Phil Deneau. And it just caused me to think, um, okay, when next year rolls around, what, what is the role for, for Phil Deneau? Um, you know, when assume, assuming that Kotkaniemi is going to move up and, and, uh, and either through free agency or, or um, having, um, you know, some surprises with the, with the prospects, uh, the, the center role of the top six fills out and, and um, Deneau is bumped down. But then if he runs into Thompson, um, you know, on the fourth line, uh, Thompson is doing that role better than him. So um, uh, it's kind of a, a looser of the week because he's been, he's been, um, you know, he, he hasn't been good since the trade deadline and kind of a, um, hmm, what's going to happen next, thinking ahead for next year um, and, and Phil Deneau's role. Yeah. And it, it's an interesting question. And, you know, as you say, since they brought in Nate Thompson, Thompson, he's taken on a lot of more of that role where he's been killing penalties and everything like that. And, and he's winning 54% of his face-offs and doing a lot of the things where earlier this season, Philip Deneau was expected to, or, you know, at least relied upon in that way. And that, that led to people saying, you know, getting on the Phil Deneau Selkie train or, you know, at least, you know, at least giving him some sort of uh, respect as being a solid two-way player. But as you say, we've, you've kind of dispelled this rumor, uh, this myth uh, a few times. And uh, I believe, though, the last time that you had uh, Philip Deneau as a loser, or one of the last times, he scored a hat trick in Vegas. So maybe, <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> maybe, just maybe, tonight's the night where we see a power play goal from, I, I think that's asking for too much, though, because it's asking for a power play goal and one from Philip Deneau. Well, as you say, in 260 games, uh, he's yet to get one. So, <laughs> uh, and who was my loser much. last week? Oh, Jonathan uh, Drouin, and right, uh, and and he scored. He came out of his uh, what was it? Uh, pointless 18 and 19, something like that, and and yeah. uh, and uh, scored a pretty highlight, uh, a real goal. Um, uh, it was that was that was that was nice. So maybe maybe yeah. uh, the players are listening to. Canadians Connection podcast. Exactly. So we can hope to see a, a Philip Deneau highlight real performance tonight uh, when the Montreal Canadiens play the Buffalo Sabres. Um, do you have a, do you want to go with another one before we uh, move on? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, the other one. And again, this is just um, uh, looking at what, what's being said and kind of, you know, we, we kind of dispel myths uh, a fair bit on this, this show. Um <laughs> Someone we haven't talked about all season, um, you know, other than maybe in the first uh, couple episodes, was uh, Dominic Ducharme. Um, and uh, you know, he was he was brought in with great fanfare uh, last summer in the off season um, to bolster the the uh, the coaching staff, and 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 great. Dom Ducharme is a coach with uh, you know a fair bit of promise. Yeah, not uh, experienced at this level, but but a lot of promise and uh, and and uh, but it's always good to look back and say, well, 
well, what was he brought in for? And is he achieving? I mean, I know it's easy to sit back and say, oh, well, Dom Ducharme, he's a fabulous coach. And, and um, uh, Claude Julian, let's get rid of him and, and let's slide Dom Ducharme right in there. But, yeah. but how about, I, I hate to be, you know, I don't want to spoil the fun here, but um, can we evaluate him first and how he's doing in his assistant coach's job? How about we do that first? How about, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and the three, the three areas of focus, the three, uh, responsibilities, areas of responsibility that Dom Ducharme had was with the offense, of course, um, mm-hmm. uh, with the power play and with face-offs. Now, um, Dom Ducharme, if, if you've been to a practice, if you're, if you're at Broussard, you notice that once the practice finishes, uh, Dom Ducharme grabs an armload of pucks um, and he'll go to a face-off dot and the, the centers line up and, and they do face-off practice with Dominic Ducharme. Um, the Montreal Canadiens have been terrible in face-offs and it was one of the reasons to go out and get a, a Nate Thompson, but uh, 24th currently in face-offs. Yeah. 24th. Uh, and they've been worse. <laughs> they have been worse <laughs> this season. Um, and, and so, okay, um, maybe you don't think face-offs are a big deal, or, but, but is, is Dom doing his job there? Well, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Um, power play. Um, he was <laughs> brought in because of the, the to, to, to improve the power play. And I know, I know that Kirk Muller is the lightning rod for all Montreal Canadiens fans right now with respect to the power play. How does he still have a yeah. job? We love Captain Kirk, but get rid of him. Uh, he can't do anything with a power play, but um, you have to acknowledge that the power play is a shared responsibility. And one of the tasks of Ducharme coming in was, help us with the power play, improve the power play. Yeah. And to be honest, it's gotten worse. It's worst in the league. It's not only worst in the league. It's one of the worst power plays ever, yeah. ever. Um, so uh, he doesn't seem to, and, and, and uh, apparently no one's been critical of him with respect to the power play. The other yeah. part is offense. He was designed. He came in to redesign the offense. Claude Julien's, you know, Max Pacioretty complained about uh, shooting from the <laughs> perimeter and the dump and chase and all that kind of stuff. And he was right uh, about Julien's system. Um, yeah. And and uh, Dom Ducharme was was uh, tasked with imp- uh, changing the offensive system. Now up to, up until in 2008 in the calendar year. Uh, 2018 from uh, at least in, in, in this season up until uh, uh, the new year, the Canadians were fourth in five on five offense. Yeah. So a round of applause for Dom Ducharme. If, if that yeah. was his, <laughs> his doing nicely done. Well done. Mm-hmm. Except in two, the calendar year, 2019, what has been the Canadians biggest problem? five-on-five offense. They can't score. Yeah. They're t- 19th, 20th in the league since since New Year's in five-on-five offense. It's dried yeah. up. Teams have adjusted. 
the Canadians are doing, you know, something to, and, and the coaching staff hasn't, hasn't countered, hasn't made the, the adjustments. The book is out on Dom Ducharme's uh, offense. Teams have, have adjusted to that and, and Ducharme hasn't, um, hasn't countered. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, we got to give, um, you know, um, a half a check mark and, and, a, and a half a, a, a uh, an X for for Dom Ducharme on that one. So um, I'm I'm not I'm not willing to say uh, he's been a failure or not. But let's let's be a little bit more. Let's temper all of that enthusiasm uh, for Dom yeah. Ducharme taking over as head coach. And I know there was a lot of crying when when he was when it was suggested that he was uh, up for the head coaching job in Ottawa. Uh, because he's, you know, according to many Canadians fans, the greatest coach that has ever, never coached, uh, been a head coach in the NHL. Um, yeah. But let's 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 kind of temper things and and kind of evaluate first. And that's why yeah. he uh, shares the the loser of the week honors with uh, Phil Deneau. Yeah, and I feel like there was this this idea over the summer when the Montreal Canadiens brought in both he and Joel Bouchard that oh these guys are just gonna they're gonna supplant you know whoever it would be Claude Julian I know that you mentioned earlier that uh, earlier this uh, on this podcast in a previous episode that there were people saying that Joel Bouchard should be the GM of the Montreal Canadiens like, okay just, <laughs> just just wait a second let's 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 evaluate what they're doing right now before we can you know just gift them. Uh, this kind of an opportunity. And, and as you say, I mean, I think that he is, but, uh, you know, have to look at that power play, as you say, that has been historically very, very bad. And uh, the goal scoring that's dried up and the Montreal Canadians, uh, if you're going to go anywhere, uh, even in the next eight games, your last eight of the season, you're going to need some goal scoring. And the Montreal Canadians might want to go back to the drawing board on that one. Um so I guess we will uh, take just a quick break, unless you want to get anything else in on that. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. All right. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the playoff situation. We're going to identify two unsung heroes, two unheralded players uh, for the past week. And, and, and we're also later on this show, as Rick mentioned off the top, we've got our question of the week. Who is an unheralded player? who has solidly contributed to the Habs playoff run. We're going to hear from you a little bit later on in this show. But before we get there, talk about about the playoffs and give two of our So we'll be right back after this. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? 
Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Before we went to break, Rick was talking about uh, Dominic Ducharme, but first he was talking about Philip Deneau being his loser of the week. And my winner of the week is someone that he also mentioned, and that would be Nate Thompson. And Nate Thompson this past week, I think it's safe to say that in that New York Islanders game, that was easily his best performance as a Montreal Canadian. Start to finish, he was phenomenal. Um, work on the penalty kill. And, and I, I took a deep dive in and looking at what the Montreal's percentage has been since Nate Thompson has arrived. And Montreal has killed off 41 of 48 penalties since Nate Thompson's come here. Now, obvious disclaimer, Carey Price doing his job, as he always does, as we mentioned, NHL PA poll, best goaltender in the league. Shea Weber, obviously, another key contributor to that. But Nate Thompson winning, he's, he's won 54% of his face-offs as a Montreal Canadian. And in 18 games, being here, they've only allowed seven power play goals against. So I think that, you know, he's got to get a little bit of credit for that. But obviously with Carey Price and Shea Weber, that's, that's you know, uh, another story. But we're talking about unheralded players. And Nate Thompson is exactly that because early in that game, on a penalty kill, he, he strips the puck after some great work along the boards, strips the puck off the defenseman, goes in, has a remarkable chance against Tomas Grice. Uh, doesn't get it to go, but it, it was just a, a great effort, some great work. And later on that game, he, he, you know, uh, he gets on the, on the score sheet with an assist, picking it up on that Jordan Wheel deflection. I, I mean, this guy, I was a fan of this trade because, and we talked about the Montreal Canadiens not having that mod day fourth line. I was a fan of it because he was going to win over half of his face-off. He's got that body of work that you, you can trust, you can rely on. And it took, you know, ideally it would have taken a lot of pressure off of Phil Deneau or a lot of the responsibility off of Deneau. Uh, as you say, it hasn't necessarily gone that direction. But for Nate Thompson, I mean, he's, he's been remarkable on the penalty kill. He's just a trustworthy player. And, you know, you think of, I mean, we, we talked about, guys that could potentially be filling in that role for a more modern day fourth line. But then you move down uh, uh, Paul Byron to the fourth line. That gives you a little bit more speed, maybe something that, that Nate Thompson doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of. And Jordan Wheel, who's also fit in quite nicely. That fourth line is looking a lot better now than it did when you had Lekin in there, because I think Lekin is more of a guy that could fit in in that, uh, in the middle six. But Paul Byron with his speed, bringing that element to it, um, and, and I think he's really unlocked another gear in, in Nate Thompson and, and Jordan Wheel has helped out as well. 
But uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that was just, as we said, this is the week of unheralded players. This is the, the topic that we have chosen for this week. And for Nate Thompson, I think that that performance against the New York Islanders, that was just, they couldn't get that at a better time. They needed Nate Thompson to do uh, a little bit of that. They needed everyone, obviously. But Nate Thompson really delivered in a, in a huge game for the Canadians. Unheralded players. And, and uh, if you want to yeah. tell us who your unheralded player is, uh, reply to our Canadians question of the week. And that question is, who is an unheralded player who has solidly contributed to the Habs playoff run and who will be needed uh, in, in the, uh, in the eight games ahead to, uh, to contribute. And, um, and Nate, Nate Thompson is a, is a good choice. You know, I, 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 I think that the game against uh, the Islanders was kind of uh, Nate Thompson's coming out party. It's the game where he uh, seemed to uh, uh, become a Canadian. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I saw him as kind of uh, tentative up until uh, that game. He was contributing in different ways, but it all came together. It all came together in that game. He was superb on the penalty kill and, and even the, uh, a bit of five on three um, um, uh, for the Islanders uh, power play um, and, and uh, face offs penalty kill. And then even uh, when Brett Kulak got uh, yeah. a little, little bit big for his britches and, and was <laughs> got into a shoving match with Matt Martin, which he would have lost uh, yeah. badly it was Nate Thompson that, that came in and rescued his teammate. And, and that said, a <laughs> that said a lot to me too, that, uh, yeah. all right, Nate Thompson is part of this team. And that was the one thing as I was going through what I was going to say about Nate Thompson, that's the one thing I forgot to mention that that deserves a whole lot of credit because Matt Martin did exactly what you would expect Matt Martin to do when down for nothing. He went looking to take a piece out of somebody and he did it in the most dangerous area for the Montreal Canadiens. You do not want Matt Martin mucking around in the crease of Carey Price, regardless of if Carey Price is in the vicinity. That is something you do not want. Um, and Nate Thompson, he he saved, yeah, as you mentioned, I think uh, Brett Kulak very early on in his tenure as a Montreal Canadian said that he was not a guy that liked to, or at least not someone that thrived in, in a whole lot of physicality. And uh, Matt Martin very much so on the other end of the spectrum and uh, good on Nate Thompson. As you say, that is a, that is a moment I think that deserves a lot of credit uh, uh, for Nate Thompson. Um, so would you like to get into uh, your loser of, or your winner rather, and maybe a bad tweet as well? <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to combine them all. And, and cause uh, when I was thinking about unheralded players, it was uh, a tweet uh, towards the end of the game, uh, the Chicago game, um, made by a, a, a Montreal mainstream media journalist um, that, uh, yeah, they, I, I consider it a bad tweet. Yeah, so let's, let's hit the Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. An early edition of the bad tweets. <laughs> yeah, usually we save this to the third segment, but we're bumping it up uh, yeah. this time. <laughs> And and the, the um, I don't want to pick on Stu Cowan uh, with a Gazette, but um, his tweet uh, towards the end of the Chicago game, he says, "Arturi Lekkinen on the ice with the Habs losing two nothing and 106 left in the game, scratching my head big time right now." Well, don't 
if you if you know what Stu Cowan looks like, um, he <laughs> shouldn't scratch too hard. Um, but what and 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 Stu asked Julian uh, after the game, what were you thinking? Why did you have Lekkonen out there? Um, at the at the end of the game, and uh, Julian says Stu, he was getting scoring chances, and uh, you know what 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 Stu didn't know, or or maybe uh, didn't look up, was that um, for that Chicago game, um, Lekkonen, um I don't have it in front of me, but he had nine or ten high danger scoring chances in that game, um, yeah. and you know there were some posts, and I, I think there's every game there's a post involved with with Arturi Lekkonen. <laughs> um, but as long as he's creating not only scoring chances, but high danger scoring chances, um, he should be there. And, and I, I really saw it, it, We also remember that, that the whole aspect of, of urgency and, uh, was, was brought up and it was, it was Andrew Shaw, uh, that, uh, kind of took a piece out of his team and, and talked about urgency and it was that Chicago game that Canadians new second line the new second line with Domi centering Shaw and Lekkonen um they were they played with urgency on every single shift um they and as I said they were creating all kinds of scoring chances they didn't go in uh that happens sometimes uh but but it was Lekkonen who had um, uh, some of the best, as I said, uh, the most high danger scoring chances in that game. And we talked about last week, Lekkonen being one of those players uh, who creates high, high danger score and, and, and in the top three, I think, for forwards uh, this season in terms of the percentage of high da- the team's high danger scoring chances. Um, yeah. So uh, Arturi Lekkonen is, is uh, my unheralded player of the week. Uh, I like him on that second line. Um, you know, uh, Claude Julian says that Lekkonen has stabilized that line. He's become, uh, uh, the reliable player. Uh, so right away you think defensively and, and absolutely he, he, you know, um, makes that, 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 that line, that second line, particularly when, when, uh, Duran and Domi were together, we're leaking goals badly. Um, mm-hmm. and giving up chances, giving up, um, giving up goals, but, but he's improved the defensive side, but also just created that, that urgency. Uh, we know he's a possession monster. Um, we, we know that, that he creates high danger scoring chances. We know he has a work ethic. He and Shaw kind of share that. Um, yeah. um, and both of them, both Lekkonen, and and Shaw kind of uh, high hockey IQ. They they're smart players. They know what to do. They're they're relentless on the forecheck. And uh, Domi, for for all of his passion and and such an emotional player that he is, not always the brightest ball. But I think they keep Domi centered, uh, so he doesn't you know take the bad penalties uh, or make yeah. the bad defensive decisions that he's been playing uh, that that's been happening in the past. The other part of, of uh, Lekkonen's game is he's been terrific on the penalty kill. And you mentioned um, Nate Thompson, uh, the two of them to get uh, the two of them on the penalty kill uh, have been excellent. And uh, yeah. so all those reasons, but particularly work ethic. Um, I, I have to think I have to, 
add uh, Arturi Lekkanen to um, one of those unheralded players. You know, he's often scapegoated because of, of um, you know, a bit snake bit with the, with the goals not going in. But um, he, he certainly has his share of chances. And, and you see that even his, his, his chances lead to goals. The other night with, with him uh, making the wraparound, um, yeah. uh, the puck off the post, out to Shea Weber, and Shea Weber uh, sends a rocket from the point in for the goal. So um, yeah. Artur Leckanen's doing a lot of good things on the ice. Yeah, and I mean, you, you look back, the thing that, as you mentioned, he's a possession monster. He's also got a respectable NHL shot. He scored 18 goals in his first season. And like a lot of players in his second, and it's, a little, it's carried over a little bit to this season, you know, guys get a little bit stink bit. They get figured out a little bit. They're released. It's not all brand new to a, to a goaltender. And Arturi Lekkanen, if there's a guy that's just got hard luck, it is Arturi Lekkanen. And, you know, you mentioned hitting the post, and he hits a, quite a few posts. So you hit a post there on that wraparound that went after Shea Weber. But, uh, you know, like, the thing is about that, that game against Chicago, he had the best chance of the night on Crawford. And he put that shot exactly where he needed to be because Crawford had the, he had the net covered. There was nowhere else for Arturi Lekkanen to go. And he just had to sit in and try to get that. And, you know, unfortunately, just a little bit too far to the left, and it hits the post center. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. I think that a lot of people look at that, and they're like, oh, Arturi Lekkanen just can't score. And then they, they wonder, they, like, they wonder, like Sue Cowan said, why is he out there? Well, he's out there because he created. That was an opportunity that he created. That, those were many opportunities that Arturi Lekkanen had created in that game. So, you know, you look back, and not only is he a great defensive player, but he's also creating those opportunities. And as you say, this is a this is a good role for him. I think middle six, as I said, I like Paul Byer down on that fourth line because I think he's a bit of a better fit there than he was up in the middle six. I think Lekkanen, a bit more of a possession player, that is where the Montreal Canadiens need to have some possession. So, um, yeah, this is a, a very well-deserved uh, recognition for our Trey Lekkanen. He is unheralded. And there are some, there's some people that are saying that for the response to the question in the week. So we'll get to that in just a bit. But before we get there, shall we dive into the playoff situation? Uh, we've, we've prolonged it just a little bit more than uh, we usually do. But uh, the, the playoff situation as it currently stands, and this is obviously subject to change because last week the Montreal Canadiens weren't looking too good. But now the Montreal Canadiens sit in that second wild card spot behind Carolina. Uh, Carolina with 87 points, Montreal with 85 points, and right hot on their tails is uh, the Columbus or the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that's the situation for the Montreal Canadiens. Not really going to go over the Atlantic because that doesn't concern the Montreal Canadiens anymore. But, um, you know, thinking of, of the way that this season could potentially go, I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about the playoff percentage op- uh, chances as well for the Montreal Canadiens. They were at 32% last week. How are they looking this week? Well, they dropped even further because um, uh, <laughs> after that, uh, yes, they were they were at 32% uh, during our show last week. After the game against the, the Blackhawks, they dropped below 20% to 18.8% chance of making the playoffs. 18.8. And, and so no wonder fans were saying, okay, it, it was a good season, <laughs> but now it's over. And, 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 you know, justifiably so. Um, yeah. 
but but since that 18.8% chance to make the playoffs on uh, late Saturday night, uh, the Canadians, after their win against uh, Philadelphia and after their win against the New York Islands, Islanders, uh, they've increased about 30 points. Um, so they're, they're at 50.9% right now. Uh, again, we're back to, uh, what was it, two weeks ago that we talked about yeah. the coin flip? Uh, we're mm-hmm. right back there again. We're right back to a coin flip. Uh, and Columbus, and, and I think at this point we're going to focus on Columbus. Uh, you know, we've been, um, when we started watching this playoff watch, we had four teams and we said uh, three were going to make the playoffs. One would be on the outside looking in, which, which is absolutely true. But those four teams were the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the, the team that I, I kind of called at Christmas, yeah. <laughs> um, make a charge and they did um, the Blue Jackets and and um, the Canadians and now uh, Pittsburgh's pretty safe um, rather safe in, in, in their playoff positioning they're at 99.5% chance to make the playoffs uh, Carolina's at 94% chance to make the playoffs um, and it's it's so it's back to Columbus and and uh, and Montreal. Montreal, as I said, fifty point nine. Last week, uh, the Blue Jackets were about eighty eighty four percent thereabouts. As the Canadians have increased uh, their probability by thirty percent, the Blue Jackets have dropped by thirty percent. So in a week, there's been a a, yeah. a change, a sea change of sixty percent. Um, and so right now the Blue Jackets are at uh, 54.4% chance of, of making the playoffs, just just uh, 3.5% uh, percentage points above the Canadians. And that's probably, um, you know, the, the Blue Jackets have, uh, they've been struggling since the trade de- deadline, but uh, they have a, a much easier schedule uh, in yeah. the remaining games than do the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and you're mentioning that, and looking ahead for the the Montreal Canadiens, the road ahead for the Montreal Canadiens is as follows. You got Buffalo tonight, then on a back-to-back, you're going to Carolina, Florida, Columbus. So, I mean, those four games, Carolina, Columbus, obviously big games, but those are four that are going to be uh, pretty important for the Canadiens because you close out your schedule with uh, Winnipeg, Tampa, Washington, and Toronto. And uh, yeah, that is not, uh, that's not an enviable position. <laughs> no, that's, that's, uh, the, the, that's death row. It's murderer's row kind of yeah. thing, uh, with those four teams <laughs> waiting for it. Now, um, who knows, maybe, you know, the uh, Tampa, will they be resting players um, yeah. uh, with, with not much to play with things locked up? Who knows? Um but uh, it's not the path is not going to be very easy for the Montreal Canadiens. No. Yeah, and and even if you get like if you get a team like Winnipeg, Tampa, or Toronto, any of those teams resting a, a couple of guys, that is still a tall order, uh, especially for like you know, just back to back to back to back, like you know, in that order playing those teams, you know, uh, that is that is going to be a difficult situation. And as you say, it's, it's not going to be easy for the Montreal Canadians. So you'll have to see. And Carey Price week, has yeah. been, Carey Price has been a lights out. One of the best since uh, the end of November, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. Um, and uh, we talked about, uh, you know, how well he's, he's played, how he's recognized by his workload. He's also 
one of the most used goaltenders and, and down this stretch, can they afford to use an Anthony Amy? Can they afford to use a Charlie Lindgren? Uh, and, you know, even in a back-to-back situation like uh, tonight uh, against the Sabres, Sunday versus uh, uh, Carolina, it looks like uh, from, from um, Claude Julian, uh, he, hasn't, he hasn't confirmed it, uh, but he's hinting pretty loudly that Carey Price is going to start both games in a back-to-back situation. So will we, you know, will we see him every game uh, down the stretch? And how's that going to affect his, uh, you know, his health and his fitness uh, if the Canadians do make the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, you know, you obviously want to get to the dance, but you know, you also have to think of how guys are going to be feeling when they get there. And there has been nobody on the Montreal Canadiens that has been relied upon the way that Carey Price has, because as we, the last time we saw we saw Antti Niemi with that San Jose game, and that was just a debacle. And uh, we haven't seen Charlie Lindgren yet. He seems to have been uh, relegated to a practice goalie to give Price just a little bit more rest. Uh, but, you know, that might not be, uh, uh, you know, that might not make a whole lot of a difference, Carey Price, given the way that he's been played and played again. So <laughs> it'll be uh it'll be something to watch next week because you know you say it's it's gone thirty percent uh in the opposite direction for both Montreal and Columbus. So next week we'll have to see where the Montreal Canadians sit with their percentage opportunity with the uh percentage chance to make the playoffs. So that's something to keep an eye on and maybe it'll dip tonight, maybe it'll go up, who knows? Um so uh, I guess with all that said, unless you want to get to anything else, will we move on to the uh, to the question of the week in the next segment? Yes. All right. So after we come back, we are going to look at some of the answers to the question of the week on Twitter and Facebook. We've been getting a bunch of answers uh, to this question. Who is an unheralded player who has solidly contributed to the Habs playoff run? So we are going to be reading your responses. We've given our take. We want to hear from you. So we're going to do that after a quick break. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. 
Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. here on the Canadians Connection podcast. As I mentioned, going to break, we're going to be answering some of your responses. We're going to be looking at some of your answers, excuse me, to uh, the question of the week. Uh, who is an unheralded player who has solidly contributed to the Habs playoff run? We've given, I've given Nate Thompson, Rick uh, gave our Trey Lekin in, and we've gotten a lot of different responses. Um, and I guess I'll get us started here with uh, Samuel Gerber. Um, he says, Petrie his career year and carried the team while Weber was out. You remember earlier this season, he played almost he played over half an hour against Washington. That is, that is a good choice right there. Um, Lackhead Yen, a consistent contributor uh, or respond, you know, he's always responding with his thoughts. I'd go with Max Domi on this one. No one knew exactly what to expect from a player. We got for Galchenia career high brought stability in the middle. So yeah, he's, that's, that's a good point. You've got uh, someone that's saying uh, Mike Beanie here saying, Price hasn't gotten enough credit. His bad start has caused people to ignore that since the first eight weeks of the season. He has been arguably the best goalie in hockey. And I think that goes back to what I was saying. I don't think he gets enough respect from the market, echoing those sentiments. We got Bart Van Eyck um, saying, Lekkonen, he may not score, but solid defensively, drives possession. So he's agreeing with you. We've got our own Matt Smith, Habs Unfiltered Podcast. Brendan Gallagher, he never takes a shift off and has emerged as a leader on this team. The fact he has 31 goals is just a bonus. Not bad for a fifth-round pick. And uh, we got Chris G at Habs 360. At Chris Habs 360, excuse me. No doubt about it that Price has been the main reason the Habs have been in the playoff picture all season long. So we're agreeing with uh, Mike and with, uh, you know, saying that maybe he doesn't get enough respect there. You've got Amy Johnson at Flyers Rules. Uh, the point of the question is not who's been, who's been key in the playoff runs, who's unheralded and, and why are they uh, in getting them where they are. Um, Price to Tar Gallagher, they're not underrated. Who's been a, workho- a workhorse? Arturi Lekkinen. And uh, yeah, agreeing with you. And then we got Blaine Potvin, have some filtered, saying, by that vein, I would say Shaw. It's hard to argue against the consistency that Lekkinen brings. So, I mean, you've got two guys, as, as you mentioned, though they've been right there got some Victor Mete's and, and I think I saw one on Facebook as well uh Jordy Ben you know we've been getting they've been very uh very consistent and or very um you know a lot of different answers to this one as is Graham McDonald is saying Jordy Ben has turned around his game and become a solid D-man and even contributing offensively he's been the one to help stabilize their blue line so just a lot of different responses and, and some agreeing with with your choice of Arturi Lekkinen uh, some saying Carey Price and, and, and maybe guys like you can make a case for a lot of guys that are, you know, maybe not getting the respect around the league, but uh, maybe within their own market. So that's what Twitter's saying. On Facebook. And uh, if you want to join the conversation on Facebook, uh, look for all Habs, all one word, all Habs on Facebook. Uh, you'll find the all Habs uh, fan page. Um, 
I, yeah, I think that that Carey Price uh, in this market, in the you know, it seems he gets more recognition outside of Montreal than inside yeah. of Montreal. So many of the the, the uh, fans on um, Facebook, uh, Helene Martin for one, saying Price. Uh, as I look through, there's there's Scott Allen says uh, says uh, Carey Price. Um, Claude Matt sa- says. Uh, price if not for him would be in the basement um, Christine McNeil says price uh, Shirley Mary Denoir De- De says price and Gallagher um, and and then we have uh, so as you said it's kind of uh, varied uh, which is nice yeah uh, Paul yeah. McDonald says I have to say Victor Meta uh, he doesn't score <laughs> WTF <laughs> question mark uh, but he does everything else um, David Brown says Shaw has solidified the line with Domi as, as, and we talked about that both, both Shaw and, and Lekin and um, giving a, a, a pretty potent uh, second line. Uh, Emily, Emily, Emily Keith Sinclair says Thomas Tatar. Um, Ken Mosher says Yuppie. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Unheralded. We certainly haven't given him any, Recognition on this show. In the mascot. He finished third of the mascot race, man. He's got to be. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. He did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nick Wadley said, unheralded heroes are Petrie and Shaw. This one from Rodney Barrett. uh, I thought this was fascinating. Uh, Mm. Noah Juleson. Now, Noah Juleson, we haven't talked about, and and we should say that that he's been back on the ice uh, in Laval Mm -hmm. and is just kind of, you know, getting his feet under him again after. Uh, a very serious injury. Um, and uh, Rodney Barrett said in Weber's ad- absence, Petrie was called uh, to carry the load, but Juleson stepped up and was a very effective piece of the defensive puzzle. The Habs blue true. line would be much better right, right now if we had the services of Noah Juleson. Well said. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and we don't want to forget about those kind of players who have contributed along the way uh, yeah. to, to the success. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we've been a, and especially in sports, it's what have you done for me lately, but for Noah Juleson, obviously with circumstances that are beyond anyone's control, he's not been available to, you know, provide anything for the Montreal Canadians as of late, but early this season when the Montreal Canadians didn't have Shea Weber, absolutely. Noah Juleson. I mentioned Jeff Petrie playing over half an hour, Noah Juleson was a guy that was relied upon a lot too. So that is a, that's a really good, uh, I, that, that's one I didn't think of. And that's, that's a really good answer to that. Um, lots of great answers. And uh, I, I would agree. I, I think that uh, one that I didn't really, as you said, one said Victor Meta, he doesn't score. We also got one on Twitter. And, and I think that that's, that's a good choice as well. He's, he's solidified at least, you know, given the Montreal Canadiens an option to play alongside Shea Weber. So yeah, lots of great answers this week. It's, it's great to see a little bit of uh of a varied response uh, to the question of the week. So uh, anything else? And we always encourage you to text us because we know many, many Mm -hmm. of you, and we're grateful to, to those of, uh, of you that uh, listen live and interact with us on social media while the, the show's on. But we know that, that many, many of you listen on demand uh, and we'll tell you how to do that uh, at the end of the show. Uh, but we encourage you to text us uh, when you're listening on demand. We've, we've got a special number for that, 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. 
and we got a multiple text <laughs> a marathon uh, from one of our our, our favorite uh, listeners, uh, Dino, um, he, and I'm going to make my way through this. Um, Dino says, greetings from Ottawa Gatineau to Le Mans. Uh, may the spirit be with you this day and all days. Our halves are stumbling a bit towards the playoff finish line. The closer you get to your destination, the more you may be slipping away. Simon and Garfunkel in the in brackets. <laughs> but by the way, we're still the lions of winter. Uh, we may be having trouble closing the deal, but it's not over yet. Few weeks left. Got to stay strong. Stay united. Play as a team. Listen to the coaching staff. Get the job done. If we can sneak in, our fabled, our fabled past has seen miracle playoff runs. In fact, the last two Stanley Cup runs were, a Cinder, were Cinderella in fashion, with the help, of course, from St. Patrick in 86 and 93. Can we do it again? Does our number 31 have the blessings of St. Patrick? Talent, obviously. Hopefully the torch was, torch was passed on to him, too. We can have the hope and the faith that he does. Our number 31 grew up on the streets of the West Coast with our CH in in his heart. Maybe, just maybe, this is going to be his time to lead the way. Anyhow, take good care. Thanks for your never-ending and tireless hours, efforts covering our (laughs) fabled Shondai CH. Um, have a great day this day and all days, and may our fabled saint help us along the way. Your friend, Le Petit Bill Dino. Uh, what, a great, what a great text. Yeah. And uh, I'm happy goodness. to share that. Yeah, like a little bit of, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, we're, we're at the coin flip point again like we were two weeks ago. You need a little bit of positivity, some good vibes, and maybe it'll carry over. As you said earlier this show, or uh, when I pointed out that Philip Deneau, you know, he, he, the last time he was the loser of the week, he got a hat trick. So maybe, just maybe, they're listening and they heard that text and now they're going to go out and, and against a team like Buffalo, who has had their number this season, go out and deliver a, a nice resounding win in a, in a crucial point of their season. And as, as he said, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. Um, <laughs> but, you it's know, a, for the it's a tough yeah. schedule. It's a tough schedule. Yep. The, the, the uh, you know, it's a coin flip. Uh, mm-hmm. But as the French media are, are, are like to say at this time of the year, the carrots are not yet cooked. Um, and if you're in Montreal, you'll know what that means. Yeah. So, yeah, we're at that point in the season now where maybe Montreal Canadiens are going to embark on a, on a nice run to close out the season. And, get there. And, and certainly with that kind of positivity, you can accomplish anything. So, yeah, for uh, the Montreal Canadiens, obviously tonight they're playing the Buffalo Sabres go on the road tomorrow, play Carolina. Those are going to be uh, two important games. They're all important at this time of the year, and the Montreal Canadiens with their last eight. As we mentioned earlier, you close out the season with Winnipeg, Tampa, Washington, and Toronto. So it'll be interesting to see where the Montreal Canadiens uh, will be situated when we come back next week for another episode of the Canadian Sanction Podcast. Anything and between then, we want you to go to allhabs.net. We're going to have content for you there. Every single day, allhabs.net. You'll also find all of our podcasts there. This podcast, On Demand, The Canadian's Connection. You have From the Press Box that looks at uh, the Rocket and the AHL. You have Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby, sometimes Lizzie. You have uh, Habs Unfiltered with 
Matt, Blaine, and Treg. Uh, so uh, find us at, at allhabs.net. Uh, if you're on the road, if you're on the move, if you're mobile, um, Joe's going to tell you where you can find all the podca- podcasts. Yeah, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio and hit that subscribe button. As Rick mentioned, it's a four-for-one special. You get from the press box, you get Habs Unfiltered, Have a Listen, and this very podcast, The Canadian Connection. Time that we wrap this thing up. We'll be back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. We're going to be discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. We can't wait to hear from you once again. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadian Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.